Well, how quickly the picture changes. The post-Christmas blues have turned into January cheer and Salop are on the up again. Welcome to Shrew's Views with me, Johnny Drury, alongside Salop correspondent Ollie Westbury, who has been waiting up all night for Salop deals to arrive and leave. A little bit of news happened, but nevertheless, he's still got his big black country grin on his face. Ol, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm looking at your very well-chiselled beard beard and haircut. Uh, you look different to when we did a video last night. Yeah, I needed a trim after deadline day, mate. Nothing to do with that gift that I sent you, was it? Yeah, I think it was, mate. Yeah, you really um, you really upset me with that. That's, that's what yeah. it was. Sort of caused me to go and get myself smartened up. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, yeah, we'll talk about transfer deadline day a little bit. We'll answer your questions. But first, we're going to start with Salop's upturn in form. Now, they had a bit of a boom before Christmas. Then the festive period turned into a not-so-festive period. But it's all turned around again. Oh, what's gone on? What's happened? Well, four on the banks, mate. Four on the banks. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind few weeks, hasn't it? It's been very busy with the transfers and lots of games. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been great fun covering the club. It's always so much better when they win, just because everybody prefers it when they win. Um, so it's been it's been great fun. Um, you know, a couple of very very good wins, very accomplished wins: a four nil win at Burton and a five one win at home against uh, Cambridge. You know, where they were clearly clearly the better team. Um, in both of those games, they were, you know, scoring freely. I know to score nine goals in two games is a brilliant, you know, kind of achievement. So that was great. Um, but then they kind of showed the other side to themselves, didn't they? Uh, away at MK Dons that they can, you know, we know that Shrewsbury are resilient. We know that they're gritty. We know that they can battle and they can fight. And that's what they've done in the last two games. They've kind of, you know, MK Dons away. It was a tough, it was cold. It was minus three. Um, and they kind of stuck in there. They stuck in, they worked hard, they kept a clean sheet and they nicked it at the end. Um, and it was a very different kind of performance to the two that we, we'd seen previously. Um, but nonetheless, you know, they all count and it's three points. And then when they moved on to Forest Green, the last the last of the four victories, um, they weren't at their vin they weren't vintage, they weren't at their best. But, you know, they've seemed to have found a bit of a habit of scoring late goals at the moment, sure as we do. And, you know, that's something that's you know, that's going to hold them in good stead at the moment. So, yeah, do the unbelievable scenes with the, the goal in the 94th and the 98th minute, something that you don't see very often. Um, and probably a nice, a nice, something nice after the, what happened in the Sunderland FA Cup tie when something fairly similar happened, happened to town in that clash. So... All, th all things bright and breezy at the Meadow at the moment, which is always nice. On Burton and Cambridge, just the first two of those those wins. Uh, nine goals between the two games, huge results for, for Salah. Is it comfort to the supporters? And I suppose maybe to Steve Cottrell that Shrewsbury can find the net that regularly uh, and that much in a short space of time with, you know, Daniel Ludo still on the treatment table, you know, no Aidan O'Brien who, who will come on to who's gone out on loan. Um, it shows that there is still firepower there to score not just the odd goal you know nine goals in two games yeah I think I think what those two games were it was evidence of what what Shrewsby can do if when they're clinical um you know if there would be there would have been a criticism at them earlier in the season there'd been games where they played well enough to get better results and created chances and not quite taken them 
Whereas in those two games, it was it was it was one of those. It was an occasion where they got half a chance. They were, they seemed to bury it. Actually, I think it was the, the Cambridge winner at the Meadow. There was an outstanding goal from Jordan Shipley, an outstanding goal from Luke Lee, and a brilliant solo goal from Christian Sadie. And they were all kind of not out of nothing, but they were. I would say that the probability of them scoring those chances from where they were was, you know, they, they would have been great finishes, which they were. So. You know, they've been very clinical in those games. They've scored goals at important times. You know, the early goal against Burton Albion, the goal on the stroke of half-time against Cambridge. Um, you know, real real key times to score goals and kind of keep your momentum going. Um, but it's pleasing for town because they went through a difficult period after Christmas. You know, a lot of that was bad luck and you can't help but but think what might, where might they be if they hadn't have had those kind of decisions that went against them with the red cards. I mean, it's hard enough trying to beat teams when you've got 10, 11 men on the pitch. So let alone when you keep getting players sent off and the red cards keep being rescinded. So it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, it's impressive that they managed to score. I think it's now 12, 12 goals in four games, you know, for the first time. I think the first time they've won four games since September 2017. So very impressive. Yeah, very impressive indeed. And just on the final um, result or the final win of the the four, the currently four game winning streak against Forest Green, you know, two substitutes, Raquel Pike and Ryan Bowman, strikers who haven't maybe had as much game time as they personally would have liked and haven't hit the goal, the back of the net as much as they would have liked. But they've showed their, their worth. Certainly that finish from Bowman was, uh, was you know, every inch an informed striker's finish. Yeah, I think, it, I think that's definitely the case. I mean... It's, it's one of those situations where Shrewsbury throughout November and December, because of the injury problems that they've had, the same kind of, the same 11, 12, 13 players were, were, were being required to go back to back uh, and keep putting performances in without really getting the change to the teams that you could, you know, like to freshen things up. Whereas, you know, on Saturday, Shrewsbury managed to change it a little bit. They, they brought somebody in who hadn't played 90 minutes at MK Dons. And, you know, they then had guys that when, you know, the manager decides that they need a change, they need something different, they need fresh legs. They had guys there on the bench that that could quite well, um, you know, come and make an impact. And that's exactly what Raquel Pike did. And, and so did Ryan Bowman. Raquel Pike was really bright when he came on, as were most of the subs, to be honest. I think all five of them made a difference. Bloxham. Pike, Bowman, Bennett came on, did okay. Phillips, Phillips was the man who played Bowman in for the goal. Um, we've seen the impact that he's had since he's arrived from Crystal Palace. So, yeah, I mean, it, it shows that Shrewsbury, I suppose, are in a better position now with with a little bit more depth. Um, and 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 I suppose Steve Cottrell now has more of a chance to be able to to make a few changes from the bench, which you know is not something that that, that you can scoff at. No, certainly, indeed, and and what what stood out for what what stood out for you across the four wins, all in terms of maybe an individual performance or, or or something that sort of caught your eye. I know there's been some spectacular goals in there. Is there anything that that stands out in this recent recent run of Cottrell's men? I I think it's the games for me. It's the games where you don't play so well but still manage to get three points. They're, they're the ones that you really show what where teams really show show what they're made of. Um, yeah, it's great to score four and five goals, but but also it's the consistency of being able to back it up and to not kind of let your foot go off the gas and to keep putting performances in. And I suppose that's credit to the manager 
Um, but I, I don't know. That's that's what impresses me. You know, you know, it's the consistency, and that's something that you know. Hopefully, that they will be able to kind of bottle up now and take into take into the next game, which which of course is away at Oxford on Saturday, which is which is going to be a tough one. But yeah, I think there's no, there's no particular moment moment that I think of and think, yeah, that's really impressed me. But I'm just, you know, four wins on the spin is is, is a brilliant achievement um, at any stage of the season. So, you know, credit to the players and credit to the coaching staff for that. No, certainly. We'll move on to deadline day. Me and you had a bit of a chat towards the end of deadline day last night when um, things were still in the pipeline and going on. We know Julian DeCosta went, which we spoke about yesterday. You can you can hear all about that on our latest video on ShropshireStar.com. Um, we were still waiting to hear on Aidan O'Brien, who has now gone on loan to Gillingham. Um, that was later on in the evening. Oh, was it a case of it, you were always expecting a loan or was there a chance it was going to be a, a permanent at any point? I wasn't sure how the deal was going to be structured. Um, I think I reported late afternoon yesterday that the deal was edging ever closer. Um, I think I kind of always expected that deal to be done. Um, there was kind of, there was always the, the odd question or a lot of questions on Twitter from um, Shrewsbury fans kind of trying to figure out whether, that, you know, that would then mean that the because the two players have gone and they're, they're, they're not going to be at the club anymore, whether that would mean an incoming or two. Um, you know, the thing is, is that Steve Cottrell had played down potential incomings for quite a while now. So I wasn't overly expectant of anything really arriving on deadline day. Um, it, it's tough being a, not, it's not tough, but it's difficult when you're a journalist because I suppose you, what you don't want to say is you don't want to come out and say, no, I don't expect anything to happen. And then at nine o'clock something happens and then you've got people saying to you, well, you told us nothing was going to happen and now they've signed a player. So I suppose you're very reluctant to rule something out unless you know 100% categorically that it's not going to happen. And that was not something that I knew, but I, I did think it was going to be unlikely um, for an incoming, um, as that turned out to be the case, that, that nobody came in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Steve would have liked to have brought somebody in. I'm sure he would have. Um, but, you know, that Shrewsbury are where they are in, and that's, and that's, the, that's the, the state of play at the moment. Yeah, would, was there any indication, you know, any rumblings or whisperings that something might happen in terms of incoming yesterday, or, or was it just a blanket? You know, nothing's going to happen. Was that the club line that you know, no more, no one's coming in? It's just a case of getting a couple out. I think the, I mean, there wasn't a club line specifically where I was told categorically nothing's happening until quite late. Um, it's probably past, probably nine o'clock ish. Then uh, at that stage, then. Um, was kind of informed that, that that it's unlikely that anything was going to happen at that point in terms of incomings, but they were still working on the deal for Aidan O'Brien. Uh, and it felt like it was the worst kept secret in the world when they announced Aidan O'Brien because Gillingham had been teasing it on Twitter for about 40 minutes. Um, so, no, I, 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 I suppose I, I, wasn't, I wasn't overly expecting that Shrewsbury have not been linked to an awful lot of players um in the transfer window uh, there were not an awful lot of links for me to write stories on um i tried to do some digging myself um but it, you know obviously they were it was it seemed as though the priority really was to kind of sort out the players i think they would like i think from what i understand they would have quite liked to costa to come back on a on a permanent 
they would have liked that to happen. But I, I think, yeah, it's one of those things. He's not been fit, has he? So what the club, it's difficult for the club to take a risk, a financial risk to pay to pay wages and things like that. So, you know, maybe maybe him him going the other way was was the best for all parties in the end. On O'Brien alone till the end of the season. Um, I'm guessing his contract runs beyond the end of the season. Does he have a future at Shrewsbury after a, a loan deal, or is this a loan with a, a view to a permanent? Is his sharp days numbered? Well, I've just been told that it's a loan for the moment, and I'm, I don't I don't think it's fair to speculate on where Aiden's future might be because the honest truth of that is I don't know, um, and that will be one to kind of dig into uh, over the course of the summer. Um, it's one of those, if he goes to Gillingham and scores, you know, 18 goals between now and the end of the season, you know, does that, you know, I know the reason we've been given is that he wanted to move closer to home, but then he shoes his player. Do they think, well, he's a, he's, he's an informed striker going into the summer. You know, he's shown yeah. his. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. They might do. They might do. They might not. Uh, that's, that's, I suppose it's, it's hypothetical. I think we're going to just going to have to see how that one that one plays out, how he gets on. To be fair, he's he's got to get fit. He's got to get playing. I think that's the most important thing because you know he's made two starts for Shrewsbury, one in an EFL Trophy game and one one in an FA Cup game. So he's got to get fit. He's got to stay fit. Um, and I imagine for how long he was probably Aidan O'Brien has probably not played for now. Um, he's probably got to get match fit as well um, because I can't imagine. You know that, that he's particularly match fit. Um, I, I didn't ever get a chance to interview um, Aidan O'Brien as often is the way in, in football because the, the injured players don't often get put up for press. But, but on, on a couple of occasions when I did deal with him, he seemed like a nice enough chap. Um, he seemed quite polite and, and stuff. So you know, uh, I wish him all the best. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to see how he gets on. Right, time for an advert. Um, as you know, the Shrews Views podcast is sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man, a one-stop shop for a range of household goods, which you can get your hands on. Some absolute bargains down at the Kettle and Toaster Man. If you want to go in store, look at the products, head to Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Or alternatively, you can go to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Right, questions. And we've got quite a few today, so we're going to spend a little bit of time on this. Um, we've got a few right here now. Um, oh, these... There's a couple of questions that sort of predate the transfer window, so I'm going to get rid of those and we'll go on these ones. Right, at Follow the Town 1, thank you very much for your question. Any news on the time frame for Dan Udo's return? This may have influenced our lack of activity if he is close to fitness again. Um, everyone wants to see Dan Udo back in a salop shirt. He's the nicest man in football. What can you tell us of? Yeah, I mean, we'd all love to see Dan Udo back. Um, but, I mean, that's definitely a question, uh, a question I can put to the manager. Um, when I speak to him next um, about Dan Odoo and George Nurse, um, I, I did see this tweet and I, actually, I think I actually replied to this tweet. Just It's an ACL injury that he did in August. They are normally, I, I, I would be very, 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 very surprised for us to see him this season. I hope we do. Don't get me wrong, I hope we do. But you've got to be so, you've got to be so careful with ACL injuries. Um, it's just not it's not a linear path it's not a straightforward road back to back to fitness so i would i would i would say that dan udo's recovery has got no i don't this is from no inside knowledge this is an opinion but from my understanding of acl problems that it's not been long enough yet once he's been out for six months that he's still probably got another you know three or four months until he's 
back. And I'm not even sure if that's back in training. So I would have thought a sensible time. I mean, like I say, this is on no inside knowledge, but I would be surprised if, if, if we don't see him until the start of next season. Maybe that might be a good time, you know, to get if he's fit enough to get pre-season under his belt. But that's kind of that's where I would say it's at from from my understanding um, of ACL injuries. Um, but it is a question that I can certainly ask for sure. Uh, James Arthur, not really much of a question, more of a more of a statement. It's obvious that the squad is threadbare. I think Steve Cottrell's hands were tied. We need a left wing back and a striker. It was obvious. It's a massive shame that we could not roll the dice. And build on this great position we are in. Oh, what do you make of that? In terms of, you know, we've we, we've waxed lyrical about Shrewsbury scoring goals in, earlier in this podcast, and you know, James there's asking for another striker. If you look in the striker department, you've got Christian Sadie who's in form, Rob Street who seems to be hitting form. Um, I know Pike and Bowman aren't starters, but they've showed that they're potentially capable options off the bench. Tom Bloxham's there. I'm sure Town fans and Bloxham himself would like to see more from from him between now and the end of the season. Um, you know, is the squad thread there? Would you say that? I'd say it's certainly there's more options than there were earlier in the season, now. Yeah. I mean, injuries have decimated Shrewsbury's squad uh, and have hampered their, you know, two ACL injuries. I know we bang on about it. We've talked about it loads, but it's desperately unlucky to get two players out for 12 months with those kind of injury problems is, you know, it is really unlucky. So, um, without doubt, um, that... You know, you add those two guys back into Shrewsbury's squad and, and suddenly they're not threadbare at all and somebody's being left out of that squad, which I suppose is where you're going to be. Uh, the quality and the quantity discussion comes up quite regularly, doesn't it, uh, among among Shrewsbury fans? Um, uh, and it's something they, they seem to criticise the manager for. It's not something that I have ever been a believer of. I, I've said it, I've kind of nailed my pull to the mast on this one many times that... I feel quality is makes much more sense and is a much more long-term solution than just signing a load of average players and just just to have a to have a squad because if those players are average and you're going to bring them off the bench they ain't going to make an impact anyway are they I mean what what's, what what's the point so I would say issues with squad threadbare I would say it's it's not threadbare not at the moment but I suppose you get two or three injuries and I suppose they're back to where they were before but you add two or three injuries and you think, well, you can quite easily get two or three injury problems. But you're adding that to the other two that are already out, which gives you five injuries. And that's a lot, isn't it? You take five, five good players out of most teams, then, you know, most teams are going to struggle. So I don't know. It's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I mean, I suppose Shrewsbury are where they're at, where they are um, in terms of budgets and in terms of, you know, buying players it's not something that they could do this January, uh, obviously, by the fact that they've not brought anyone in. So that's that's that that that's that, and there's there's, there's nothing more to there's nothing more that, to do about to say about it really. Uh, the, the one thing I did see a few people uh, I thought this a little bit bizarre last night on on social media, which as as we know is um, can be a, a very unforgiving place. But a few people I saw blaming the manager for this. For for the uh, for not signing any players and uh, I don't really see how that's that's Steve's fault to be honest. Um, from my understanding of it is that you know he works tirelessly along with the uh, head of recruitment Keith Burt to try and find the players and see which ones are available um, for Shrewsbury to do and 
I would say that in 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 most cases that you know that the recruitment at the club has been has been very good. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's in, we'll come on to this because we've got another question on it. But you know, it's all well and good fans expecting clubs to splurge in January in January windows and summer windows. But you know, you're reaching for something. If if that doesn't come off, then it leaves you potentially in a perilous financial position. And I know that Shrewsbury have been a very prudently run club, and they're not going to do that. And it's not just it, it's all football fans, and it's it's almost like societal now. People want everything and they want it now to give them yeah, yeah, success. Yeah. And, and and you can understand fans are ambitious, but you know, the, the ones that hold the key to the purse strings, uh, um, you know, they're business people and they know what they're doing and, and, and yeah. sort of calculated risks. And they're not going to, they're not going to put massive amounts in. We'll go to our next question. Uh, Leo Robson, what positions need strengthening in the summer? Right, it's, Leo, we've only just got over January. Yeah, we've only just got over January. I like Leo. We ask the question every week. He's, he, I like Leo. Um, I don't know the answer to that question simply because I don't know where the fitness of Dan Udo are. Dan Udo is there's so many unknowns to, to where the squad is going to be when it comes to the summer and I suppose that makes it difficult to answer because you know you've got five guys in at the moment who are starting every game on loan you know you would have thought Christian Sadie and Rob Street from Premier League clubs are going to go back to their parent clubs you would have thought that well I suppose Cole Winchester and Taylor Moore I understand are out of contract at their parent clubs so um that's just from what I gather that that might not be true. I'd have to double check that. But so, so you don't know, you, you know, you don't know where you're going to be at. So it's it's one it's one of those where it's difficult to say until until you you can see your squad and whether any of those guys are going to if there's any chance that any of those guys can come back in and play again. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I did think that they might get some cover for Jordan Shipley in the January window if they could, um, just because playing at wing back is such a demanding position. But perhaps they think that, you know, that Elliot Bennett could do that role. I think um, Steve may have said that on a couple of occasions. Um, so, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see. Um, the back three is pretty good. The back three is pretty good. Um, so... We'll just see what they do when it comes to and where the squad's at when it gets to January. It gets to the summer, sorry. Yeah, interesting to, to see. That brings us nicely onto our next question, which is about Taylor Moore and Carl Winchester. Um, Rich, uh, the Ranger Rich, at the Ranger Rich, thanks for your question. What's the likelihood of um, being able to make both loans of Moore and Winchester permanent, both out of contract this summer? and be perfectly to have permanently, especially Moore. Now, I suppose these are players, certainly Moore's been here a little or been featuring a little bit more than and Winchester, obviously Winchester came in late in the summer window. Um, Moore's been an ever-present. I'm sure if, if Steve Cox had the chance, he'd, he'd jump at that. He's done really well. Moore, as has Winchester, I suppose. Oh. Yeah, I like them both. I think they're both good players. Um, I felt, at times, I felt a little bit sorry for Moore because I felt like his versatility, although it gets him in the team, also kind of has made it hard for him to nail down a certain position. But I think... Yeah, has potentially made it a little bit harder for him. He's played in midfield, he's played at centre-back, you know, when there's been injuries. He's kind of the man that's been moved around to, he's been the man that's been moved around to to kind of sort it out and to kind of fill gaps. Um, and he's always done pretty well. You know, he, he felt he's kind of fallen into the right wing-back wing back position to a degree because of the absence of Da Costa and, and Bennett and they kind of needed somebody else to play that role. 
Um, it was something that Steve Cottrell said he was aware that he's played in before when he was at Motherwell. Um, but yeah, he's been, I think he's been really good. I think he's been really good. I mean, I wouldn't probably say he's he's probably the most attacking of wing backs in in the world, but he you kind of know what you're going to get with him. He's a he's a solid six or seven out of ten kind of guy. He'll he'll put in a really steady showing at right wing back, and he defends well, uh, and he's relatively comfortable on the ball too. Um, so I think he's done really well. And and as is Winchester, I think Winchester kind of does a lot of you notice him when he's not there. Um, and he gets around the pitch really well. He's got good engine. He's got a lot of energy, and you know he's got experience of playing for a side who've like been promoted out of League One. So, you know, for me, those are two really good players. And if Shrewsbury could get them on permanent deals, then I would say that 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 makes sense. But that I'm not saying that because I know anything because I don't, um, and I'm I am very unsure that those conversations will take place until until the summer comes around, really. Final question. Uh, this leads us on to something we were talking about on our last podcast, really. Uh, James Archer, again, uh, double question today. Do Shrewsbury want to be successful or are we happy to be, with being higher than 17th? I feel Roland Witchley needs to sell up to Delves. I'm guessing that's Paul Delves who was, who's, who's on the board. I think he's still on the board. And um, there was a bit of rumbling that he was interested in taking over the club a couple of years ago. Um, and stop arguing over a few quid. I'm not too sure what he means by that. Um, we are close to having a great season. Let's not settle for where we are. Let's push and show some ambition. Oh, we sort of put this question sort of a debate, didn't we, for Salop fans? Where, you know, what is Salop ceiling? Where is there, um, where is it, where does, what represents a successful season? Uh, now, I've spoken to, I've spoken to me privately about this and, and I sort of mentioned it a little bit on the last podcast. For me, you know, I've always followed Shrewsbury. I went to, I've had a few seasons where I've watched all their home games. Um, I've always known people at the club, known a couple of people who played for the club. Um, for me, uh, some fans might see it as a cop-out, but you look at Shrewsbury ninth at the moment. If Shrewsbury finished ninth, for me, that is an exceptional season, given the league at the moment. Now, I think what goes against Shrewsbury and what's probably gone against all the managers that have come after Paul Hurst that's gone against, it was a John Askey, Sam Ricketts, you're probably against Steve Cottrell to an extent as well, is the fact that Shrewsbury almost got up into the championship with Paul Hurst in what was probably a one-off exceptional season um, where they had loanees, the likes who've gone on to play for top Premier League clubs and who've gone on to play in the championship. Now, it's it's difficult. Fans that I don't think fans want want to hear it, and 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 that's not a dig at Shrewsbury fans. That's fans everywhere. Fans are ambitious. We've said that earlier in the podcast. But for me, sort of mid table, that 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 gap between mid table and playoffs is a good season for Shrewsbury. Given now, different to that, we talk about that her season, and again, that's used as a yardstick. League One's harder than it was then. You look at the clubs at the top of League One, who are getting gates of like twenty five, thirty thousand every single week. They're massive clubs. Yeah. Potential Premier League clubs in there. Um, that's that's my view on it. And I don't think that I, from James Archer's tweet, and I, I totally understand a fan's point of view. I can sense a little bit of frustration that Salop haven't brought more players in in the window and questioning whether Salop want to be successful. Of course, everyone wants to be successful. Everyone wants to be successful in football. No one gets into football to, to not do well. And if you do, you're in the wrong business. But I don't think it's a lack of ambition. I think it's it's knowing where you are and knowing what you are and knowing what you can achieve. And 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 like we said, you know, I'm sure an owner could go and spend a load of money and try and grab for that promotion, you know. 
but it might not come and then that then you've got ramifications to that that's that's my view well that's the way i see it um and that's not that's not a dig at anyone that's just i think that's just the situation shrewsbury are in yeah shrewsbury are a very well-run club that's kind of the 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 way i look at it that that they they're very well run um and they're not going to they're not going to spend beyond their means um from what from yeah they're not going to potentially make themselves vulnerable by spending way beyond like spending way beyond what they can afford um because as we all know that you could you could bring two players in but that don't mean that you're going to be guaranteed to finish in the top in the top six you know it doesn't it doesn't mean that they'll kick on to go to the next level um you know it just means you've got two extra players through the door and i'm sure it would help i'm sure it really would help but you know, between now and the end of the season, Shrewsbury have got some really difficult games. They've got some really, really tough games coming up, and you know, we'll, we'll have to see where they end up. But yeah, I would say that this has been an that they are over it. They are way, you know, over not overachieving, but they are doing exceptionally well. And if they finish where they are now, then I would say everybody connected with the club. Um, should should give themselves a pat on the back because I think this has been a very very good season, um, and yeah, I suppose that's where I see it. They're a well run club and they're, and they're 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 doing well um, on, on to to the constraints that they have. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get piled on by Shrewsbury fans now saying they should be getting promotion. But there we go. Thank you very much for your question, South fans. Just finally. Uh, briefly, we'll wrap up on the next couple of games. Uh, it'll be a couple of games until we return. Um, Oxford away Saturday, oh, and then Port Vale after that. Always a spicy one off the pitch, Port Vale. Um, what would you say Cottrell will be targeting? Two sides that are below Salop in the table. Oxford always seem to, you know, I know their league position probably doesn't say it, but we seem to do quite well. Port Vale going well under Daryl Clark. Um, but if someone offered Salop four points now, would, would they take it possibly? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I can remember the last time we predicted how shoes we were going to do. We predicted the Christmas schedule, uh, the Christmas and New Year period. And I said uh, seven points out of the nine games and we got none. Um, so maybe if I predict that we'll get no points, then, you know, we'll get six. Um, but yeah, um, I think Oxford away is going to be a really tough game, isn't it? At the weekend, you know, I, I would say a couple of, you know, if they if they can just avoid losing those two games, then I would say that's a, you know, just keep keep the run going, keep the unbeaten run going, um, because that's what that's what keeps you. It's keep you got to make sure you you got to navigate the league season, I suppose, and you got to keep picking up points, haven't you? So, I don't think a draw at Oxford and a, and even a draw against Port Vale, although probably. Uh, I mean, um, Steve Cottrell is, you know, I see this in press conferences and when you speak to him after a game, he is a winner um, and he he, he he hates not winning. Um, so he will be going all out to try and win the games. But um, I, I don't think points will be, especially on Saturday, probably more so on Saturday than at Port Vale, but I don't think a point will be the worst result in the world, especially given the back of the run that they've come off. So... Um, some interesting fixtures. I think they've got some. They're kind of they've got some winnable games coming up after that. But then they've got a very very tricky run between then and and the run in between the end of the season. So 
we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to see how see how it pans out. There we go, Salah fans. It may have been a quiet window, but on the pitch things have been busy. Goals flying in, points on the board, and Salah just two points off the playoffs. A few more wins, and despite what I've just said, you could be starting to believe. Thank you very much for listening to Shrew's views. I've been Johnny Jury. He's been Ollie Westbury, and until next time, goodbye. Guys.